Welcome to the Property CEO Podcast, your inside track to the world of property with your hosts, Ian Child and Richie Clapson. Hello and welcome to the Property CEO Podcast. My name's Richie Clapson and I'm here with Ian Child. Hello everyone. And in this episode, we're going to be uh, taking a look at the importance of our personal brands, aren't we, Ian? That's right. Branding is actually hugely important when it comes to property, but most people underestimate how critical it is to get our personal branding spot on. So that's what we're going to be talking uh, about in a few moments. That's great. So uh, really looking forward to that. But uh, before we go there, what exactly have you been up to this week then? Come on. Well, I've been quietly marvelling at your new fitness regime. Really? And uh, why is, is that something to, to marvel at then? Come well, on. No, I'm, just, I'm just simply doffing my cap because, you know, credit where credit's due. Someone threw down the gauntlet and you picked it up and you ran with it. So, yeah, fair play to you. What on earth are you banging on about now? Okay, you remember that several of uh, our elite mentees were talking about their running exploits and, uh, and you joined in their conversation? Uh, vaguely. And to make sure you weren't in the Left Yachty Club, you started talking about your own ambition to get back into, into running more seriously. Yeah, I mean, that, that's true. I think uh, I was able to forge a certain bond with the runners in the group. Yeah, and, um, and I remember the heady smell of something cow-related as you regaled the group with your previous running exploits, many of which seemed to have involved competing at quite a high level, I seem to remember. No, no, I I never said that. But yes, I have done some serious running in my time. That's true. And then you made the mistake of talking about how you wanted to do even more running. And that's when someone suggested you have a go at the Great South Run. Yeah, which would be great, wouldn't it? (laughs) Yes. I don't think they call it the Great South Run because it's really great. I think the the great in the title is more about how long it is, not about how much fun you're going to have doing it. Oh, yeah, but come on. Look, it's it's the South and it's a run. So how tricky can it be? Well, after you'd regaled them with your historic running exploits, I think everybody appeared pretty confident that you could complete the the course pretty easily. But, Mm -hmm. I mean, after all, it's only only 10 miles. Well, is it... Is it really 10 miles? <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> oh, come on, look, well, come on, bring it on. That's, that's why I've started getting back into my training. Yes, and uh, this does, did come as something of a, a surprise to me, if I'm honest. You suddenly appeared in my, uh, my office doorway dressed from head to toe in, uh, in a kind of luminous yellow lycra and announced that you were going for a quick run. <laughs> yeah, but look, when you get the urge, you, you just got to go. you got to go and for it. And if you remember, I said how impressed I was you were doing this and then, and then you left, and I heard the front door shut as you, you set off on your merry way. Absolutely. I remember it well. So I went back to doing what I was doing, and then a few moments later, I heard the front door open, and I thought to myself, oh, the city what's it's come back because he's, he's forgotten something. But it turned out you'd actually finished your run. Yeah? Well, what's wrong with that? Well, in less than five minutes. And? Well, so I'm thinking you've either got a surprisingly good turn of speed for your sprint finish or, or <laughs> for someone of your age and stature. Basically, you haven't run very far. I see. So you didn't tell me this. And uh, which one of those two things did you think it was then? Well, frankly, I think there's only one option, and that is that you pretty much ran the length of air car park and back Ooh. again. And that was about it. I'm not sure why you even bothered to change into your running gear. No, no, come on. I ran a lot further than that. And as usual, you're talking complete rubbish. Right. I had every intention of uh, running to the pub and back, to be fair. But okay. uh, the road started going uphill. So uh, <laughs> I thought, mm, I know. I'll, I'll hop over this gate and cut across this field, which uh, looked, to be fair, a lot flatter. Like you do. Like you do. Well, I wish I'd seen that because uh, you 
trying to get over a gate in your Lycra onesie. That must have been absolutely hysterical. But in all seriousness, I mean, what sort of lunatic decides to jump over a gate and go running? Yes, well, I know that now, don't I? But, uh, you know, I didn't at the time. You see, unfortunately, the field was full of uh, cowpats, so it was, uh, yeah, I'd be fair, a little bit tricky to negotiate. Uh, but as an aside, though, isn't it a coincidence that bovine excrement appears yet again in a story about your running exploits? Oh, anyway, the cowpat <laughs> slowed me up a bit for a while, but then I realised that I wasn't the only thing in the field. Ooh. And I was running towards the thing that had uh, created the cowpats in the first place. What, a cow? Right again. Okay, now you've got me. Last time I looked, the, the list of things that can make cowpats is, uh, is quite short. In fact, uh, it's only got one thing on it, which is cow. <laughs> No, uh, think more daddy cow with big horns. Really a daddy cow? I mean, I know you didn't exactly grow up in a rural environment, but surely someone taught you at some point the names for mummy animals and daddy no. animals? Okay, it was the bull, and it was just staring me as, as I ran towards it. I mean, all ginger and menacing. Ah, it was a red bull. You, now, you, hey. like red, you like red bull. That must have made you chuckle. Did it, uh, did it give you wings? I mean, I, that's not remotely a funny. Look, imagine, <laughs> there I am, face to face with this huge ginger ball, and you think, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to crack a gag about soft drinks to myself. No, Come no, on. I, I'll take it back. I'm sorry. So what, what did you do? What did the ball make of seeing this short, middle-aged, lycra-clad vision speeding across his field? Well, he didn't look happy, if I'm honest. Um, he had this sort of uh, look that uh, balls sometimes give you. I can't say I've been looked at by that many bulls, but then again, I suppose I don't go randomly hopping over farm gates like you do, so uh, I expect you've got a lot more experience. Go on then. How would you describe the bull's expression? Was it uh, bullish? No, no, no. no. It was like uh, like, uh, I I dared to enter his territory, and uh, he was uh, trying to work out whether I was a threat to him or not. It was like uh, like a real Mexican standoff. It was a Mexican bull, was it? My goodness, you know, <sighs> you do know your stuff, you see. When it comes to bulls, I completely take back what I said. So what did uh, what did Diego, the ginger <laughs> bull, do next? Okay, right. Well, well, we eyed each other up from a distance. Uh, I scanned the field carefully, keeping one eye on the ball all the time. Wow, that's a neat trick. Didn't you, didn't you get cross-eyed? And that's when I spotted a second gate at the side of the like field. Like it. You're always talking about having a second exit yes, strategy, aren't yes, you? It's good, isn't it? Look, stop prattling on. Anyway, look, can I finish the story? Let's okay, now, where sorry, where was sorry. I? Where was I'm I? Uh, you, you just spotted a second gate with, with your one eye. Exactly right. So I edged towards, slowly towards the gate, but I never took my eyes off him. I see. So you did well to dodge all the cowpats then. Yeah, and then as I, as I stared at him, I could see his gaze falter. He broke off his eyes contact and his eyes fell to the floor. Wow. Yeah, and that's when I knew I'd broken him. That's when I knew that I was safe. So I turned my back on him and I walked confidently to the gate. So walked confidently, that would be that would be like a run then, would it? <laughs> no, basically I, 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 I made the field my own and established my supremacy ah, over the ball. Right, right. Um, and did you by any chance encounter a cockerel on this fantastic journey of yours? I, I mean, sorry, I mean a, a daddy chicken. A daddy chicken? No, why? Well, I, I'm just surprised that the story doesn't feature a cock... As well as a bull, that's all, because it has all the hallmarks, you see. Uh, yeah, very funny. But I can tell you, uh, when I saw the ball, I was bricking it. I mean, I, uh, you know, it wasn't a good moment. Well, perhaps that's what swung it for you. Perhaps Diego the bull spotted you laying a few pats of your own and thought, ah, there's a kindred spirit. <laughs> You're not wrong there. So come on then, what happened next on this fantasy run of yours? Did you hop over the next gate and get abducted by aliens or...? 
Uh, did you? I don't know. Uh, maybe maybe you strayed onto an army firing range, and then you, they started taking <sighs> pot shots. No, you. no, no. I just jogged up the drive and came back to the barn. Right. And all this happened in the five minutes that you were gone. It wasn't it? five minutes. I mean, it must have been, I reckon it's at least half an hour. I mean, you just think it was five minutes because probably you took advantage of my absence to have a little <laughs> siesta. Probably just <laughs> nodded off or something. Well, if I did, I'm really gutted to have missed out on, well, all this action. Who knew we had Mexican ginger balls <laughs> on our own doorstep? Anyway, uh, if we could drag this briefly back to reality for a moment, where does this leave you with your your rather rash commitment to do the Great South Run later this year. I'm, uh, to be honest, slightly worried, as I I did hear a rumour that it's 100% on tarmac, so you're not going to be able to jump into any fields. Is this going to handicap you in any way? Come on, look, it's only 10 miles. How hard can it be? Okay, well, extremely hard is a phrase that comes to mind, but you're you're the expert. By all accounts, you're the expert, and I suspect it's going to be... well, I guess a regular sight from here on in, isn't it? There's small yellow lycra cloud blur whizzing up and down the local country lanes. Oh, I mean, absolutely. You should try it as well, you know. Okay. Do I have to uh, wear lycra? No, preferably not. No, no. <laughs> Hopefully not. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll think about it. Anyway, come on. Look, that's enough ball for one podcast. Oh, I like what you did there. Uh, it's time to get down to business. And today uh, we're going to be talking about personal branding, aren't we? That's right. Uh, one of the key lessons we teach our students is how to... Uh, important personal branding is when you're in property. And if you get it wrong, it can seriously affect your chances of success. So what I wanted to do is pick out five of the, what I've called guiding principles of personal branding that I, I think you need to be successful in property. Okay, that sounds great. So, okay, so first it's worth explaining the difference between maybe uh, a business brand and a personal brand. Absolutely. So uh, we're all kind of familiar with brands that we see in the high street, uh, and brands that we see just just generally out there, and we th- we know that they're they're businesses, and we're very comfortable with the concept of a business brand. Uh, and so, when you buy from a, a particular store, you buy a particular product, you're kind of aware of the brand values. Uh, you know what that kind of brand represents, and you kind of know the promise that the brand is effectively making to you when you buy it. But you probably don't know the CEO uh, of the company. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't know the CEO, the person that owns the store. Uh, so your decision to buy from that store or to buy that product is is purely influenced by the business's brand rather than by the, the CEO's personal brand. Yeah, I understand. But yeah. with, with property, it's very different, particularly if it's a, a small-scale property business because you can't remove yourself very easily from your, your business brand because uh, to many people, there's no difference. Uh, so your personal brand effectively becomes... Uh, almost the same as your business brand, which is why it's so important to get it right. They're almost one of the same. In property and for small-scale property, absolutely. You should think of them as being very, very similar. Okay. So let's take us then, I mean, that's that's interesting to understand those differences. So you said uh, you've, you had five, five things, five guiding principles. Do you want to take us through those? Absolutely. So the first one uh, is is all about values and and. This doesn't actually matter whether it's your personal brand or your business brand. Both brands start with your values. That's what people see in you. So it's extremely difficult to project a business brand that has different values to the the values that you've got yourself because Mm -hmm. the connection, as we said, between you and your business and the property world is, is so close. And you need to think very closely and very clearly about the values that other people expect of you. Uh, or the the values that you think other people will want to see in you and in your business. And do you have those values? Uh, One of the things that's quite interesting with property is that 
uh, unlike people like Coca-Cola who sell their products to pretty much everybody, your audience, your target audience, your customers are is actually a very, relatively small group of people. So you can you can take some time out to think very clearly about uh, the values that they would be looking for in doing business with you. So the first thing is to just recognize that uh, how important the values that you have are to your personal brand, because that's actually what um, people uh, rely on when they make decisions to do business with you. And we know that in property, unlike buying a can of Coke, uh, which is just a, you know, a, few, a few pennies or a few pounds, uh, when we talk about property, the amount of money involved can be quite significant. So all the more important that your values um, are able to stand up. That's interesting because a lot of people wouldn't necessarily think of their personal, you know, their values in this brand, uh, of how important it really is. But as you say, down at this level, it really does count. And it's also very difficult to hide. You can't, if you, if you think that you'd like to project a certain set of values, but you don't have them, now you're just going to backfire. Uh, unfortunately, to a very large degree, it is what it is. It's more a case of making sure that you select the values that you have that are, are consistent with what your audience wants and make sure that those are, are projected. You're not actually projecting yourself as something that you're not. Okay, I like that. What's the, uh, what's the next one? The second one is possibly one of my favourites, which is that everything counts. So what happens when in life generally, is that our subconscious takes in absolutely tons and tons of information, much more information than it can possibly deal with, and it makes decisions, it makes assumptions, it kind of puts the dots together and comes up with an answer. Uh, and when we um, do our, uh, put our brand together, yep. it's great to think that we might have a lovely business card, a great logo, a lovely website, but... If we ourselves turn up at a meeting and we look scruffy... What are you looking at me for? I wasn't looking at you directly. <laughs> no, I was very careful to look in a completely different direction. And, you know, we're not able to give a cohesive elevator pitch about yep. what we do. Or even something um, more tenuous. That, you know, we pull up uh, in view with a, 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 an old banger. You know, we, we just look like we, we, we don't look the part. Yep. Then no matter how good our business card, website, and all the rest of it is, then people are going to judge us based on those 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 attributes, that collateral. So, so you're saying if you... If you uh, I mean, it could work both ways. You could turn up in a fantastically stunning car, but actually if your website and your business card don't associate with that, that, that all falls apart. Potentially, yeah. yeah. So people, what we do all the time, we've all heard the... The, you know, the concept that we, we make our minds up about people within a few seconds of meeting them. And that's because the brain has to. It, it, from the moment it meets somebody, it has to know kind of where it stands. And so it constantly makes these decisions based on the limited information it yeah, has. Yeah. The more information it gets, uh, the more uh, clear its decision is. But the brain's picking this up from all sorts of different directions. So don't think that it's just limited to your website and all of the traditional places where you might see your brand and things like a logo and your pro your company name, it's actually everything about you and everything that they can see about you. So important to recognize that everything contributes towards your personal brand and you can destroy it by, by getting some of those things wrong. Uh, you really need to have a, a kind of 360 vision on it. Interesting. A third one is about specializing. Uh, I think we've all heard the story. Uh, it's quite a popular one in property circles about not going into an estate agent and asking uh, when, the, when the estate agent said what are you looking for and you just basically say well I'm looking for a deal <laughs> yeah, yeah everything anything that makes yeah. 20% um, because you just lose massive credibility because you, you're, you're, you're not focused what you need to do is to be able to specialise in, in one niche 
And it can be ultra-specialised. It could be that you're looking for something very, very specific. Certainly, it should not be just property in general. You want to be as prescriptive as you can about what it is you're looking for. And that will get you uh, credibility for a number of reasons. First of all, you'll get known for doing one thing really well. And it's a lot easier to do a specialism really well rather than, than be... Have a go at everything. Jack of all trades, that well, type exactly. of statement, yeah. Um, and uh, you need to be very clear as well on what it is that you do and what it is that you want. Mm-hmm. And tell people what you do. Quite often, I think, particularly for new developers, they can feel a little unsure about themselves and almost a little bit embarrassed that they're going down this route uh, and, and they don't have a, a ton of experience behind them. And they, they don't want to invite criticism, so they might not tell particularly people that know them, or now I'm now a property developer. But actually, uh, when you tell people what you do, it's amazing what happens. Uh, doors start to open. There's connections that are formed. Oh, you want to have a chat with so-and-so. Uh, quite amazing. From unlocking people who have money who are keen to invest to people who have got land to sell, opportunities to look at. So you do need to tell people what you do. But but be very clear about what it is. So specialising in one particular niche, absolutely critical to uh, to being to having a good brand a good solid brand okay so that's three what's your what's your fourth uh, point here then today okay the fourth is to try and be a leader in your field okay um, so now that doesn't mean being the biggest or being the most successful because that's going to be very difficult particularly if you're just starting out certainly doesn't mean being the most experienced uh, again if you're just starting out that's going to be a difficult one but what you want to try and do is put yourself out as as a thought leader, somebody who is contributing to that sector, someone who is uh, prepared to teach and help other people and to talk about what you do. Now, one of the best ways I've found of doing this for, for new developers mm-hmm. is, is actually one of the things that a lot of people find uh, the least comfortable, which is doing uh, is speaking at events. As soon as you do that, as soon as you put yourself on stage presenting yourself and perhaps you're, you're giving something to the audience, but you're doing it as yourself with your personal brand and your business as well, then you are perceived very differently from other people in the audience. People see you as an expert. People see you as somebody that is an authority in your field. They may not know you from Adam, but the fact that they see you on stage talking to them and whether they see you live or whether they say, see a picture of you on the, your website doing it, then all of a sudden that credibility volume just ramps up dramatically. Uh, so mm-hmm. use a limit to what... When you start out, very difficult to be the leader in any field, but you can certainly ramp up the amount of credibility that you've got by, by doing things like that. And, and speaking about a subject, you don't necessarily need to speak... Uh, about a subject that, you know, clearly that you don't have the experience in, there are plenty of subjects that you can pick, leveraging the skills that you do have, that are going to be relevant to you. Don't don't try and blag it by speaking. Just choose a subject, even if it's... uh, So if you're thinking about getting into development, you might have uh, a certain angle or a certain skill in business that you could speak about at a a property meeting. Absolutely. Which which is going to, we know, so puts you up there as... I mean, I'm guessing, you know, the minute you do see someone up there, because most of us don't like speaking, I'm not one of those, but I can I, 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 uh, Really? I, funny I, that, I had yeah, a character, but uh, there's a lot of admiration, isn't there, for people that go up and speak. So you, even that, people, they almost want to meet and talk to you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely right, absolutely right. So that is one of the, I think, one of the easiest ways of doing it. But as you said, for, for many people, it's the most difficult because mm. it's their biggest fear. Good news, public speaking can be learned. It's not something you're born with. So, well, you might have been, but most No, I learned it. <laughs> to be fair, actually, uh, I mean, it's something that, um, if I go back, 
And most people find this hard to believe when I tell them. But in my uh, early teens uh, and late teens, I struggled. No, I struggled. I was quite shy. And uh, it was uh, a skill that I learned. I had to learn it, particularly in my mid-20s, because I had to start presenting and I decided I wanted to do it. And when you learn it and you learn how to do it, then you can enjoy it. Yeah. Well, it takes you out of your comfort zone. Um, yeah. But then, then your comfort zone expands to behind it when you get used to it. No, absolutely. Uh, the fifth one, then, and the Ooh. final one, is about being visible. So this isn't about having your own TV show, but you do need to get yourself out there. So as I said earlier, your target audience in property is generally pretty tiny. You know, it's not like you're trying to sell to everybody. Um, so it's actually quite easy to get pretty good visibility because you're, the people that you're targeting tend to move in a, in a, in a very small circle. Yeah. Um, and, and what happens? Visibility gives you credibility. And credibility improves your network. And, of course, we all know the network that we have is, uh, is yes. uh, your network is your net yes. worth. Uh, it, it is uh, so, so powerful to have that, uh, that visibility. And you can do that a, a lot of different ways. Uh, if you attend property meetings, another great way, or business meetings, simply turning up regularly is another great way. You become, you become established. You're just visible. You're just yeah, there. You're just yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like that. And then you strike up conversations with people. You go out of your way to talk to people. Uh, you may remember in uh, earlier podcasts when we talked about networking skills, you don't need to talk to everybody in the room. But similarly, you don't sit as a wallflower on the side and hope somebody comes to talk to you or hope that they don't. What you do is you say, tonight I'm going to talk to five people, get five business cards and maybe arrange uh, two or three coffees as a result. And that's job done. Give and yourself then, that target. Yeah, yeah. and then yeah. keep doing that. Do two or three meetings a month. And you, yeah, you will become established. So, uh, and and again, you've got that that visibility. So, be very aware of who your audience is, uh, and and then make sure that you're you're regularly in front of them. I love that five really good guiding principles. Well, thank you very much. Okay. Now, I did have a little think about some of the things that you could do. Maybe three things that you could do that would make a difference to what I've just said there. And oh, is this uh, is this homework on a podcast? Oh, is that bad? This is the first time we've ever done homework on a podcast. Okay. Okay, prepare yourself, get a pen and paper. Right. If you're driving, pull over. <laughs> write down the list for your homework that Mr. Child is going to give you. Oh, that, that sounds so bad. Go okay. for it. No, okay. it's good. Go okay. for it. Okay, so this is voluntary homework. So uh, I would think about, this is the first one, think about who your customers are and then think about what collateral, and when I say collateral, I'm talking about you, website, business card, car, yeah, anything they see of you. Yep. Um, and then also think what values are likely to be important to them. So, for example... Um, if you were, uh, one of your customers might be a network host. So that's somebody you want to impress because you want to get a speaking gig at, at their, uh, their, their networking event. Your, the values that are important to the network host are likely to be the fact that you're a decent speaker and you know your subject. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Whereas if you're uh, talking to somebody who is, for, let's just say, a commercial broker, they're not really, inter- not really interested about how you come across in terms of public speaking, but they're more interested in your your credit rating and your credit worthiness. So th- they've got different values, but you need to think about what's important to each one and make a list of who those customers are because you'll be surprised. There's quite a few customers, quite a few people that are going to come into um, contact with your brand. The other thing that uh, you should do, second part of the homework here, is to is to understand what your niche is. Just make sure you've got it nailed so that you know exactly what it is you're focused on. Uh, what it is, what you do, and then create an amazing elevator pitch around it. Yes, I like And it. we've talked about that before, but if it's you know, 30 seconds or a minute and 
or maybe both, so that when you've got the opportunity to speak, you can then very quickly and lucidly, and, and it's consistent, say the same thing to everybody that, that nails the brief. And I would also add on that, make sure that you, you're not just telling them about what you do, tell them what how you can help them move from A to B. Mm-hmm. And then the final one is about that visibility thing. Put yourself out to be visible. A great way of doing that, as I said, is to volunteer to speak at events, possibly way outside your comfort zone, but bite the bullet and go for it. Pick a subject that you know uh, that's got a, that you're, you're confident and comfortable with. You don't have to be the keynote speaker. You can be the, the, the second tier down. Maybe it's just 10 minutes, 20 minutes, but get yourself out there. You will get, you'll feel amazing after you've done it and you will get a lot of respect in the room and you'll be surprised. People will come up to you and we've done this and people come up and they talk and they want to know you and they want to find out more about you. And that opens a lot of doors. So those are three actions I think you could take that might help your personal brand. I love it. That's brilliant. I mean, so uh, uh, homework people got to submit that in in your market? I know you're marketing it. (laughs) Okay. No, Ian, that was brilliant. I mean, I, I, sort of top three takeaways for me, I think. Um, firstly, everything counts. I love that. And we don't think about that. You know, there's a whole load of subconscious stuff going on here. Just how you turn up, how you look, the quality of your business card. As you say, everything of that is all part of your collateral. So I love everything counts. Very, very simple thought. Mm. The other one I really like, and I, probably my favorite, visibility gives you credibility. Visibility gives you credibility. That's great. Just get out there. You know, as you say, get a chance to speak or even just help out at at an event, whether it's a property event or something else, just help to sort of clear up, tidy up, get there early, get there late or stay late. Sorry. So visibility, I think, is is massively important. And um, yeah, maybe just push yourself out of the comfort zone and and do a bit of speaking. Maybe team up with someone and do it as a a pair. Good idea. That works really well because you help each other out. Um, and thirdly, you, I think it's got to be on a on a top takeaway, which is get, get your elevator pitch nailed. So so important. A lot of events, you get a chance to uh, you know breakfast clubs or property networking events, you get a chance to do a quick thirty seconds or forty seconds of who you are. If you're not taking those opportunities, you're you're really missing a chance. Mm. So of course you don't take it if you haven't got an elevator pitch nailed. So get it nailed. I, I would say practice it. Uh, oh, yes. You know, practice it in front of a mirror or a colleague. And, and absolutely get it perfect, so that would be good. Okay, uh, that's fantastic. Thanks, Ian. Uh, well, uh, that's all we've got time for in this episode, so uh, please join us again next time when we'll be giving you the inside track on another part of the property world. In the meantime, feel free to check out our other episodes, and uh, you can visit our website, which is at propertyceo.co.uk. But until next time, it's goodbye from us both. Goodbye. <laughs>